It is well. It is well. Hallelujah. 
If this week you've just had one of those rough weeks, it's important that we keep our focus and our eyes on you. I want you to sing this. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well. It is well.
love to hear that song. And that message would bring the Spirit of the Lord in our living room. And we would sing and worship God and say, it is well. And Virgil would say, what peace to know that you're right with God. What peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for coming to worship the Lord. We welcome you and we thank you. We have just come from early service at uh, 8.30 and then our Sunday school hour at 9.30 and now our mid-morning service. And then tonight is the mixed service for all the young adults, so you need to be here for that. And we look forward to all that's planned this week. It's just good to be in God's house, isn't it? And if you're here today and you're visiting, we want to welcome you and thank you for coming. You are our special guest today, and we want to let you know that we want you to come back and be with us. I want to mention also in giving, when we give to others and we share what we have, sometimes we don't want to share what we have. This morning, Brother John Weaver was going to teach one of our classes, and we needed a teacher in another class, so we just got our Bibles and all went in together. And he began to teach, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move on him. John Weaver is not only a tall, good-looking guy in the choir, but he is a teacher. He is a, I'd say, a, he lives what he teaches. And we love you, John. We thank you for doing that this morning. He was so calm and collected, just like Pastor Ray. You know, Pastor Ray's quite extraordinary, don't you think? Don't you think Pastor Ray's great? Well, I want to share a little bit of good news about him today. He's so nice and kind and good, but he went to the state for our, our conference, state conference, and all the fellow ministers who get to vote on who they want to take care of things in the state, they voted and elected Pastor Ray on the state council. Congratulations, Pastor. This is such an honor for our church. And from time to time we give and let him go and they, he helps the state too and all the ministers and so forth. And it's quite an honor and we, we are so proud of him. He's been off because of limitations, but now he's gone back on. Every time he can, he gets back on. And uh, we love him and we love this church. Thank you for letting me come here to church and be a part of this church. It is a great thrill for me. Now that Virgil's gone, to have the comfort of a church and your love and your concern, I just must share that and tell you how much I appreciate you and the choir and everyone here. You've been so kind and so good to us during this time, and I'm looking forward to spending all eternity in heaven with you. We can't visit too much here, but we will in heaven. So what we want you to do this morning is to get out of your seats and shake hands and greet those around you, and especially a new face. Introduce yourself. And say, hello, my name is? Yeah, that's good. Thank you.
I'm still talking to people. <laughs> Not finished yet. Hello. <laughs> God bless you. It's so good to see you this morning. Man, what a beautiful weekend we had last weekend. You know what I love the most? It wasn't the fact that they said over 3,000 people were on our campus last weekend. It wasn't that that I loved the most. Although I thought that was amazing and wonderful. What I loved the most was that we shared in our message last Sunday about being intentional, you remember? About being on purpose, meeting our community, loving our community, and getting to know families. And I'm going to tell you, there were five separate times that I alone prayed with complete strangers last weekend at the Family Fun Fest. Five times. One gentleman, one gentleman walked up and he said, are you the pastor? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, well, I, I was over here and they were working at one of these, the car show, and they pointed you out and said I could come and talk to you. And we talked a little bit. The next thing I know, tears are coming down his eyes and we had prayer together for his family. And it was just an amazing thing. And that happened over and over and over again. And many of our other members, and they didn't send people to me. They had prayer, had conversations. That's what it's all about. That's loving people for God's sake and giving him the honor and glory. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for all of you who, who donated your time and worked hard. You know, our fall festival is just a time of celebrating the harvest, you know, Traditionally, it's all about getting ready for Thanksgiving and the harvest time. And how many of you know we are ser we're searching for a harvest among the harvest? We're looking for the harvest for Jesus Christ. We want to see him and his work and his gospel message be given to people who need to know him as Lord and Savior. How many of you have accepted Jesus in your life? And that's the greatest decision that you ever made. Amen. The idea is that we don't keep that to ourselves. There's nothing worse than us four and no more. What's good is when we take what we've been given. How many of you are blessed? I woke up early this morning. I was walking around my house. And the presence of God fell on my heart. And I lifted up my hands. I was all by myself. And I was just worshiping and praising God. And I felt the angels of the Lord. I felt the presence of Jesus right there in my house. It was so awesome to know that he is that Lord that promised us he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. That he'd be with us all the way to the end. How many of you are thankful for the Lord, the presence of the Lord that is in your life? Don't let the enemy rob you, steal from you, knock you down, and knock you out. And I'm telling you, he's coming very soon. He's coming very soon. And we, the church, have got to be ready. Before they get ready to sing more songs, or before we pray over the sick, or before we do anything else, before we get into the Word, I want us to prepare our hearts and be ready. Would you just lift up your hands in here this morning, and let's honor the presence of God the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you and we honor you. We thank you for your presence, Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way. Move across this sanctuary, Lord, as 
We desire to lift up your name and give you glory. We praise you from our hearts, Lord. We know what the Word says. The Word says that when we praise you, that you'll inhabit those praises. You'll come down in our midst to set up your throne. And Lord, the atmosphere will be transferred from just a bunch of folks that got together to a mighty army of God and the angels of the Lord and the power of your Holy Spirit. We give you the honor. We give you the praise today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for it's in your name. It's in your name that we sing. It's in your name that we preach. It's in your name that we pray and that we've come together, gathered in this house. And everyone agreed and said, amen, amen. Give the Lord great praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit of God. Now, I don't know if you know where you are, but we are a Pentecostal holiness church. We believe in the power of God. We believe that he heals the sick. He delivers those that are in trouble that need his help. We believe he's a God of provision and a God of protection. We believe he's a God of salvation. How many of you have experienced that salvation full and free? Amen. <coughs> you know, I've been dealing two weeks with this croup in my, in my lungs. And the devil, you know, loves to tell you stuff, you know, when you're down. And, I, and I, he was telling me this week, I heard a whisper in my ear and I had to shut. The, how many of you have to, ever have to shut the devil up? You ever have to do that? Am I the only one? he attacks he said I got your voice I got your voice and I said oh no you don't because in the middle of every bit of this I'm gonna keep saying praise the Lord praise the name of Jesus Christ I'm gonna keep lifting him up and honoring his name I'm not gonna let him take anything away from me Somebody says, oh, you're sick, you ought to lay down. No, I'm going to be in church on Sunday morning. I'm going to be right here because I want to lift up the name of Jesus. Would you just once help me? Let's just say his name out loud, Jesus. Would you say it? Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't that just feel good? Don't that feel good down in your spirit? Jesus. That's why we've come here today. I've, you're cute. You're pretty. But I didn't come here to see you. I didn't come here to fellowship with you. I came here to lift up my Lord and to honor him and to bless him in this house. Come on, one more time. Give him great praise. Give him glorious praise. Lift his name up in this house this morning. <laughs> We're going to do business right now. I want us to pray for a couple of folks. Brother Ron Van Arsdale in our church went in for a heart procedure the other day and he was on a heart bypass machine and when they took him off everything the surgery went as planned his heart will not start back up and so he's still on the heart bypass machine this morning and I want us to pray a miracle over at Atrium Hospital right now how many of you believe in the healer the, the healer the deliverer Jesus Christ I want you to reach over and make a contact with someone. We're going to agree together that God will touch Ron and that he'll minister a healing touch 
in his body physically right now. Would you do that? Let's pray together. Father, we pray right now as a church. We lift up Brother Ron Van Arsdale. Lord, you made his heart. You've given him the heart beat in his body. We're praying right now for a supernatural intervention, for you to touch him physically and to minister a healing touch. I pray, Lord, that his heart, the muscle of his heart, will begin right now to, be, to beat like it's supposed to. We're believing you and standing on the Word of God, the promises of God, that you are a healer. And we thank you for it this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we believe you. We stand on your word and we stand in agreement this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to pray for the state of Israel. How many of you know we're going to pray for the United States of America? How many of you know we need prayer? The country needs prayer. That's the biggest and best hope we got, right? Is prayer. We're going to pray for the state of Israel. We're going to pray for the United States. We're going to lift up Sister Pauline Dunkel who needs prayer. Brother Mike McMurrin is in Atrium Hospital and needs prayer. We're praying for... Brother Lawson, Elvin Lawson needs our prayers this morning. And how many of you would say, Pastor, I have a need in my life. I want the church to pray with me now. Okay, let's go before him right now in prayer together for these needs. Lord, we come again. We believe and we're thanking you. We're doing business as the church and asking you, Lord, to touch and heal in all of these situations. We ask you to minister to uh, Pauline Dunkel and minister to Brother Lawson, minister to Mike McMurray, touch them today. Let your Holy Spirit strengthen them, be with them, heal them, bring a delivering touch over them physically. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for our country. We lift up the United States of America. We're asking in this election season that you would arrest the minds of your people, touch the hearts of your people, that the will of God would be done, and that your heart, your mind, your purpose, and your plan would unfold without fail as we bring to you, Lord, our own hearts in submission and ask you, Father, to lead and to guide our country. Touch our leaders, minister strength to them, and touch by your Holy Spirit a country that honors you and blesses you where you have a people. And Lord, we pray for the state of Israel. We lift her up, God, and ask you to protect her. We seek the good of Israel. We pray over her, Lord, and pray the power of the Holy Spirit to keep her on every side, protect her on her borders, Touch her soldiers, minister to her leaders, touch her families, and keep her as we seek the good and as we seek the peace of Jerusalem. We thank you for this today as we're now ready and poised to do the work in the business of God as the church has come together in the mighty name of Jesus Christ to lift you up and to give you glory and to give you all the praise. For it's in that name, the matchless name of Jesus Christ, Lord, and the omnipotent Savior, our wonderful Master, we pray it in your name. And everyone agreed and said amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Give the Lord one more round of applause and praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. <coughs> well, I'm here to take up this morning's offering. It's another way that we worship God. And as we get ready to uh, take up 
this morning's offering. I want to challenge everybody in this place as I begin to share with you what the Lord's laid in my heart to get something in your hand. I want every one of us, if you have the ability to get an offering in your hand, I want you to get that. Maybe you're next to your spouse and whatever that looks like as far as you getting something in your hand. I want us to worship God this morning. It's important that we make a connection with God every opportunity we get. And that's what an offering is. When you look at an offering, an offering in itself is a connection between earth and heaven. It's a connection between us and God. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. There was a story in the Bible I want to share just briefly with us as you get your offering prepared. King David finds himself in this place where God has moved in his life. And I don't have time to get into the story. But God has moved in his life and he comes upon this place, a threshing floor. And a man that owns that threshing floor by the name of Aruna, he tells David, he says, David, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you this threshing floor. And not only that, I'm going to give you the oxen that you're going to be able to sacrifice on that threshing floor. Now, for many of us at that point, we would probably have a Pentecostal moment. God not only has given me my offering, but he's given me the place. He's given me ownership of the place where I'm going to now give God my offering. And what does that mean? I want us to look 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. This was David's reply to that. He said, no. He said, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. So David looked at this place, right? This place that, that God in so many ways gave him. He gave him the property. What's the threshing floor represent? The threshing floor represented in itself a place of worship. It represented in itself, when you look at what happened at the threshing floor, a place of harvest. And I begin to think about this building. I begin to think about this sanctuary, how we come into this place and we worship God. I begin to think about the walls, how they've been expanded, and that isn't just for our own comfort here so we can stretch out our legs, but it's to reach the harvest. And so I, I look at that, and I think that's exciting. I look at the fact of the oxen, it represented the offering that he wanted to be able to give God. He didn't want somebody just to give him his offering, you know, and it not cost him something. He says, no, he says, I want it to cost me something. i got to ask you a question this morning. Has this new building, has it cost you anything? What's this new building represent to you? Has it cost you something? Because I think it would be a shame if we came into God's house and we reap the benefits of the things God's doing for us in our, in our own church and it not cost us personally something. That's what an offering is. That's what worship is. If we'd stand to our feet as you've got your offering prepared, I want to pray over our offering this morning. And I think it would be appropriate as each one of us have our offering and as we offer it up to God that we would just take that in our hand. And as we close our eyes, I just want you to hold that up to the Lord as you give that to him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we've came into your house, God, and we recognize that you've done something in this church. And that after a hundred years, God, you've expanded our walls and you're expanding our territory, God. And that's not for our own comfort, but that's for the harvest. So God, now as each one of us have taken our place and doing our part, and, and God, we're not going to just sit, let this thing pass by, but Lord, we want to be a, a part of it. God, we want it to cost us something because that's the worship, God, that you receive is when we individually connect with you. So God, I pray to, this morning over the offering. I pray over every hand 
that's lifted up in this house, God, and those offerings and tithes that are set apart and holy unto you, God, as they are being lifted up to you in your house. God, that you would bless every household represented here. Now, Lord, for some of us, this offering may mean something. God, it may mean uh, provision in our own home, God, that's needed this week. But, God, I'm thankful for your word that you said that when we put you first and we bring our tithe into your house, that you would open up the windows of heaven, pour us out a blessing. God, we wouldn't have room enough to receive. I pray that over your people this morning. And, God, I pray your provision, God, and I pray your blessing. God, I pray for the one that doesn't have anything to give this morning. But, God, they're challenged, and they wish they had something, God, so that their offering cost them something. I pray, God, between now and next week that you would bring blessing into their life, that they in return can bring that blessing into your house and give you worship with it. And I pray that in the powerful, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Mother Betty Twenty Out there on her own Teenage boy in prison Before he's even grown The illness of a loved one And a widow no one there is one solution, one answer for it all. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is hope, there is strength, and victory to claim. There's healing in his hope. power in the name of Jesus. How many of you truly believe there's power in the name of Jesus? It isn't just a religion with you. How many of you believe there's power in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I feel his presence here today. How many of you know, let me just take a poll here. How many of you know you can't make the presence of God up? You can't make it up. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of God Almighty is in His place. There's no telling what will happen in the next few minutes. 
There's no telling what's going to take place in here in the next few minutes. Why, if you've got faith to believe, the Bible says that you can say unto a mountain, move to yonder place. A dead fig tree, something dead. Somebody in here is dead today. You're empty inside. You feel like there is no life inside of you. You feel helpless and hopeless. I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord is here to breathe fresh life over you. He can speak to dead things. He can speak to dead things. You need the strength of God, the power of God right now. If you need that, I want you to close your eyes and begin to breathe in that strength and that refreshment from the Holy Spirit. He's here right now to do a work in you. You've been wounded. You've been hurt. You've been betrayed. I'm telling you, listen, breathe in right now the healing, refreshing waters of God Almighty. He's here. He's here right now. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is doing a work in this house this morning. He's doing a work in our midst. Receive from the Lord. In believing, you receive. It's, there's something to be said for where you are and what you're going through and where your mind is right now. You must believe. And if you'll believe, the Bible says anything is possible. The Lord is doing a work right now. I feel it. it's like the Holy Spirit's doing surgery on somebody. You're, you're going to leave here today and you're, you're going to leave here a different person than when you came in. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. So I'm just going to say the name of Jesus again. His name is Jesus. And there's power in his name. His name is Jesus. And there's power in his name. Won't you just say his name? I think if you'll just say his name. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel him in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. I'm, you say, what are you doing? I'm waiting on him. I'm waiting on him. Amy, I, I don't know why. Lord just spoke your name to me and said she needs my touch this morning.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The presence of the Lord is here. of you know that come on sing it out the presence of the lord is here the presence of the lord is here i can feel him in the atmosphere the presence of the lord is here the presence of the lord is here all right you're going to turn in your word right now romans chapter 15 I know when it's time to get your Bible out. How many of you know the word is sharper than a two-edged sword? It's good for reproof. It's good for doctrine. It's good for correction. It's good for inspiration. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path. A light unto my path. How many of you know the word is alive? is living the power of the word spoken over your life this morning is going to change you. I believe that the Lord spoke something to me over this last week I, as I've been preparing and praying we were up at the state ministers conference what that means is every two years all of the ministers all of the pastors and ministers in Ohio come together in Columbus for our biannual meetings we elect all the boards and and we do all the business of our church. We are 250 churches of God in Ohio. And we have been, we worked last couple of days on crafting the vision and the direction we're going to be going for the next two years. I love our new bishop, Les Higgins. He is an amazing man of God. Uh, I, I cherish his ministry and his leadership. He's going to be wonderful. He'll be with us in a few weeks for our dedication service. November 20th, we're going to be dedicating the new building to the honor and glory of God. And our overseer will be here for that day. So you want to write that down and, and be with us. Also, this next weekend, a women's conference, Sister Jamie Massey is going to be here. Now, ladies, gentlemen, you're not allowed to come. But ladies, listen to me for a moment. If we've ever put on a ladies' conference, if we've ever hosted a ladies' conference with a lady that I believe in as a prophetess, as a woman of the Lord, who will have a direct word for you, will come here ready to minister to you. She'll pray with you through the evening, all through the weekend. It's going to be this coming weekend, November 4th and 5th, right here at Stratford Heights Church. I want you to be here Friday night. It'll be at 7 o'clock. Saturday morning at 10. If you can't come Friday, come Saturday, however you want to do that. But these ladies are going to be here. Sister Massey is an excellent preacher, woman of God, a prophetess. And like I said, she, she is amazing. Everywhere she goes, women just fall in love with the ministry that God has given to her. And she is, we've been trying to get her. You can't get her. It usually takes about a year to two years to get her. And we have her. And she's coming to be here this weekend. Her and her husband just accepted the pastorate of, of the Summerton, Alabama church. And they're going to be taking, a, I think this Sunday is their first Sunday there. 
And uh, God is doing a great work with them and moving them into a, a church that needs them. And it's going to be a powerful move. But she's going to be here this coming weekend. I wanted her to stay over to speak Sunday, but she's got to be back at her church. She said, I, I don't do outs on Sunday. I've got to be at my home church. So she's going to be there. But you want to, ladies, you don't want to miss this conference. It's going to be fantastic. I can guarantee it. I may slip in in a pair of sunglasses. Maybe. But as I was praying this week, the Lord directly spoke to me. Now, as a pastor, you know, I do my best to, as a shepherd. I'm looking out for the sheep. I'm looking to protect. I'm looking to instruct. I'm looking for messages that clear us out of religious junk that Jesus spent so much time on. You know, he didn't spend a lot of time with the church just patty caking. He, he spent a lot of time bringing correction. As a pastor, sometimes we, you know, we feel like we step on toes because we're always trying to help us to grow and to mature in the Word of God. Uh, any, how many of you know anything outside of the Word of God is man-made? I said, how many of you know anything outside of the Word of God is man-made? We don't follow men. We don't follow women. We follow Jesus. We follow this Word. If it ain't in this word, it's made up. I try very hard to stay centered on instruction and care. And the Lord spoke something to me, Brother Pitts. He, this week I, I was searching and we were doing ministry and meetings in Columbus. And we're doing the agenda. And, we're, and the Lord kept saying to me, abundant life. And I said, oh yeah, Lord, that, that's a good one. That's a great name for a church. That's a great song. Lord, I know that. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you've come to give us life and life more abundantly. And the Lord said, that's it. And I'm like, oh, that's what, Lord? You want to bless me? You just want to bless me today? No, that's what you're going to preach to my people Sunday. I'm like, abundant life? Abundant life? Lord, you're going to give me a message on abundant life? And all week long, he didn't give me the points. He just kept saying, abundant life. So I kept praying about it. I kept saying, Lord, come on now. I need, I need po introduction, point one, two, and three, and, and a, an altar, a conclusion. Lord, give me some help here. And he said, abundant life. And I just kept praying. And then, and then it all just started rolling. He gave to me and he said, I want my people to understand the abundant living that comes through serving me faithfully living in abundance now somebody's sitting back going oh pastor's going to tell us how we're going to be rich <laughs> pastor talking about abundant life Woo! come on bring it on pastor you might be surprised living the abundant life you may be in prison. You may be shipwrecked. You may go through trials and troubles and persecution. You'll actually be hated by the world. Religious people really won't like you. Living the abundant life is not about the things you possess. It's about the spirit that possesses you. What about 
It's about the working of the Holy Spirit in you that no matter what you find yourself in the middle of, you're blessed. You're blessed. I love Audrey Purdom. Where is she? I know she's here. Where are, there you are, Audrey. I love Audrey. I've picked on her for 30 years. I'm going to keep on doing it until we all go to heaven. You walk up to Audrey, but she just broke her hip. She had to have surgery. She was in rehab. And the first thing out of her mouth, I said, Audrey, how you doing? I thought she's going to say, I need ice cream. I need, I need somebody to help me. I, she, she looked at me. She smiled big as you please. And she said, hey, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You see Russ Terrell, anytime you see Russ, he's got knees, he had to have knee surgery. He's got all kinds of problems. He's got a little crick in his back. He's walking in, you're seeing him. I'm like, Russ, how, how are you doing, brother? He says, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, Pastor. I'm blessed. How many of you know you're blessed? You're blessed. God means for you to live an abundant life. That means above your circumstances, above your natural life. You're above it all. There's no excuse for living down in what I call the mully grubs. I'll never forget going to Baltimore, preached a revival up there, and I said, people having the mully grubs, and they all looked at me, and they were like looking at each other, and the pastor said, they don't know what that is. You know, the mully grubs. There ain't no, no Christian has the right to endure the excuse to live down in the dumps, to live in negative valley, to live down in discouragement street. We live above our circumstances. If they throw us in the fiery furnace, we'll just learn to dance in the fire. If they throw us in the river to drown us, we'll just float on our back and let God take care of us till we get to safety. They can knock us down, but they'll never knock us out. They can persecute us, but we'll never, we'll never be destroyed. Because we belong to the Lord. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you will be victorious. Going in and going out, you are blessed. All right, you're like, can we sit down? We'd be a lot more blessed. Romans chapter 15, I'm just going to jump down to verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that is like a shout in scripture. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I have come. Jesus said, the thief, the robber, the wolf, them false teachers and preachers, them nasty people that want to get you off track, all of them working for the devil himself. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. 
every negative force out of hell, from the demons themselves to all the false people that try to lead you astray. They come to kill, steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. I am come. You remember I am, don't you? I am the bread of life. I am the bright morning star. Who should we say has sent us? I am has sent me. He said, I am. Come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know what? I just noticed something. I'm speaking better than I did earlier. I just noticed I'm speaking better than I was earlier. Thank you, Lord. I accept that. Hallelujah. I accept that. I thank you, Lord. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I have come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Can you say amen? amen? Lord, bless and touch your word this morning in the few moments that we have as we've come into your presence. Challenge us, speak to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I love water fountains. I am a fountain freak. Anybody here who knows me well knows I will stop at a fountain and I will linger for an hour. I love fountains. I had to have one and in the new building out on the patio, you'll see the, the landscaping company Green Pro, which Brian works for, he, they made sure that in the landscaping that there was some kind of fountain because I love fountains. I love them. I love, I, I'd have one in every room in my house if I could. I've got one in my basement that I made. Yes, I made it. Amy Rickman had one, her and Jeff had one at their house, and I was not to be outdone. So I decided I was going to make my own. And I made me a big old one with river rocks and all kinds of tropical plants, and it's got water. And I'll walk in my house, and if I walk in, it, you know, what's really cool is it, it looks, it's real big and it's real nice, and, and it cost me like $9. And I'm real thrilled because I made it myself. I was real thrilled about that. You could just give me a little clap right there. That'd be nice. <coughs> Every time I walk in my house, I turn off my, my little thing and I, I, I open the door and I listen because I want to hear the water. And I'm always like happy when I hear the water. I go to Gatlinburg. How many of you have been to Gatlinburg lately? And you go to Pigeon Forge and they got the island. Have you seen that dancing fountain that's down there? How many have seen that fountain? Isn't that beautiful? Woo, dog. I tell my family that they're all down there wanting to go shopping in all them stores and I, I don't do that. I hate it. So I tell them, I'm saying, you go shopping, I'm going to come over here and I'm going to sit down by this fountain in a rocking chair. And I'm gonna, I stay there sometimes two hours. And I just watch that water. And I, I'm one of those people that look and smile at everybody. I'm like, beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I love fountains. I love waterfalls. When I go hiking in the mountains, I always pick the trail that goes to the waterfall. I want to go to the waterfall. When I get to the waterfall, I'm like, and they say there is no God. Look how beautiful that is. Look how amazing that is. I love water. Amazing how the word of God and, and Jesus, I believe Jesus loves water as well. Because he made reference and paralleled the Christian experience with the water, 
with living water, water that constantly is bubbling over in our hearts and lives. A village, it's been said, a old parable that there were two villages. One village had a mountain spring that it wouldn't, it would work well for the city uh, up until the end of summer and then it would dry out and then it would get down to a, a dwindling trickle and it wouldn't hardly be enough to keep the townspeople alive. But oh, there was another town not very far away that had a fountain in the middle of the city and it was constantly gushing with this amazing water. It, they had more than enough to take care of themselves and anyone else. They were even known to carry water over to the other town. This parallels the work of God in our lives. It parallels the true Christian experience. And what I feel that the Lord wants to get across to you today, God does not want you to be a well that is trickling and dwindling down to hardly nothing in your daily experience and walk with Him. He wants you to live a life to the full. He wants you to live with joy, the Bible says, that is unspeakable and full of glory. He wants you to live, he says, with a peace that the world cannot explain or understand. He wants you to have a hope inside of you that comes directly from the Lord himself. He wants us to live constantly in this. I'm amazed at the beautiful story you find in Acts where Peter was arrested. You know, they had already killed James, the brother of John, and Herod had already killed him and made a display of him, and he got a whole lot of votes. It was political season, and he was getting a lot of favor from the people for killing the disciples. And so he went searching for Peter and arrested Peter. And I find it interesting that when he arrested Peter and he put him in chains, dropped him down in prison, put him between chain between two guards, that in the middle of the night when God sent the angel to deliver him and to rescue him, it says the angel had to wake Peter up. Now you're sitting there and you're like, so he was sleeping. What's that mean? Think about it. You're just getting ready to be killed. That's all. You've been arrested. You're sleeping between two overgrown thugs that are snoring so loud you can't hardly stand it. You're, you're chained to them and you're down in this prison and you're going to get your head cut off in a couple of hours. I don't know. I might have a little insomnia. But not Peter. It says the angel that Peter. Pete. Yo, Peter. He was, he was resting. He was sleeping. And I said to myself, Peter, Peter had that living water moving inside of him. He had that joy and he had that peace that no matter what his circumstances were, he was, everything was going to be all right. How many of you know that if they, if they arrest you tomorrow and kill you for the sake of Christ, everything is all right? I mean, it's all right. It don't matter what the world may say or what they may do. Let the naysayers come. Let those that will attack your faith and come against you and judge you and condemn you. Let them persecute you. But you stand if you have that relationship with Jesus and your soul is filled with that river of living waters coming out of your belly. Then you live in a contentment and a peace that says, come bring me your best. I'm going to live and honor God in victory all the days of my life. There's a a comparison here. Jesus is saying, the enemy comes. The enemy, the enemies of faith come to try to kill, steal, and destroy you. But 
I've come, Jesus said, to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. He made reference when he was waiting for the woman at the well. He said, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. This is the kind of experience he wants us to have. Oh, for a church where there were hundreds of people like we have here today. And everyone, under the sound of my voice, would tap in to the experience of water that's rushing out of your spirit and out of your soul. Till where we have got the joy that is unspeakable. Till we've got to do like Brother Cho way back in the day. They'd start worshiping and praising in his great church in Korea. And here he is on the sideline. And somebody has to ring a bell to get him to settle down for a few moments so they can move on to the word. I'm telling you, to be in the place where the power of God would be so rich and so thick that we would literally be overwhelmed and overcome by the Spirit of the Lord. Isn't that just beautiful? Oh, I'm living for it. I'm looking for it. I'm wanting it more than I want anything in the world. To get into that place where we truly begin to see the miraculous. I believe that he wants a church that's victorious. I believe he wants a church that is full of the water, full of that living water, full of a fountain of display, one that says it's living. You know, there's something to be said for a life that is full of life. It's a witness to the world. The world is looking at the church and they need to see that we are not, you know, people that, that are empty and dead and dry on the inside. They need to see that there is life inside of us. That the creator of the universe, you know, a light bulb is just a light bulb until it's plugged into the power. But when it gets plugged in to the power, it lights up a dark room. You and I ought to light up every dark room that we ever walk into. We ought to light up every room that we ever walk into. And that's what he's saying. God wants us to be a refreshing fountain, a display of his blessings. He wants you to experience his presence and power in your life. We want to get to the place where if I need prayer, I can step back into the middle of that crowd and folks will lay hands on me and I'll recover instantly. We want to get to the place where there's so much power in the church, in the working of the Spirit, that everywhere we go, they're looking for. I love this man walking up to me last Sunday afternoon saying, hey, are you the pastor? I looked at him and I said, yeah, I'm him. And he began to just share and unload. And as he began to do that, tears began to well up in his eyes. And I had prayer with him right there on the, on the grounds. I looked at that and I thought, God, let it be that people are asking us for prayer all over the city. Down every street, down every alley. Let them look for the people that they know can bring an answer of hope for their life. We see them. I see them. They're so hungry. They're so thirsty. They're walking out. If you walk down through the... We don't have time to mess and play games in church. We don't have time to, to mess with the devil and his attacks and the things that would weaken us. We've got to band together as never before because there are people that are looking for an answer, people that are looking for life and life more abundant, and they've got to see it in us. I want them to see it in us so bad. Psalm 23 talks about it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with, cup, with oil. My cup runs over. Abundant life. Abundant life. 
God wants you to live out of the abundance that's flowing out of your heart and out of your life. He wants you to live out of that joy and out of that peace. He wants you to, when, you, when you've gone through, Sister Ambergie, what you've gone through, it's been broke, it's broken all of our hearts to watch you and Virgil as you've said goodbye on this side of life. But I'll tell you the thing that I love is seeing your hands up in the air, giving your God glory and praise because you know inside, though it's wounded, inside, though there's tears and there's grieving and there's hurting, there is a joy that is still unspeakable and full of glory because God is is your strength and the joy of the Lord carries you from one mountaintop to the next. We got to understand this power. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Everywhere you go, there's goodness and mercy is on my back again. Everywhere I go, I got, whoa, goodness and mercy everywhere I'm looking. The promise of God's word is that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I'll have it in the morning. I'll have it at the hospital. I'll have it at the graveyard. I'll have it wherever I go. The goodness and the mercy of God. I'll tell you, when more Christians tap in to abundant living, and you notice I haven't mentioned the Cadillac once. Sister Nancy, I didn't mention no Cadillac. All them people trying to pull God down to their level. Make it like, God, like God's a sugar daddy. Unbelievable. He promised me that he'd supply all my needs. He promised me that I don't have to worry about what I'll wear, what I'll eat, or what I, where I'll sleep. He did promise me that. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. He told me not to be anxious and not to worry about those things, but he didn't tell me, hey man, look for gold bars to drop from the ceiling. Look for gold dust and diamond dust to come on down. That's not what this is about. This is about a holy contentment. This is about a joy. How many of you know the devil can't give you joy? He tries through a bottle. He tries through a pill. But he can't give you the joy I'm talking about. It's a deep, settled peace down inside your spirit that says there's more to this life. And I'm not going to sacrifice this life and its peace for the peace that's coming. I am going to go to glory where it is joy forevermore. Everlasting joy. He promises life. In all spiritual blessings, blessed be, Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Man, he hasn't called you to be dead. He hasn't called you to be sad. He's not called you to live your life grumbling from one day to the next. He's called you to live an abundant life. He wants you to live inside the peace and the joy that he offers you through his precious Holy Spirit. Every day that you get up, I'll never forget Sister Rosie Kish. She lived across the street from us. Now, when I was growing up, she, we had a well at our house, and our, our well was a little dry. We had six kids and two parents. It probably had a lot to do with it. 
but we had this well event. If mama would do the laundry, we'd have to wait for about 30 minutes before somebody could take a shower. Now, I don't know, but you don't have that. You city people don't have that problem. I, I grew up, nobody really understands this because they don't know it that well, but dad, you, you're here. You, you, we grew up on a farm, man. I grew up with horses and cows and chickens. I knew what it was like to go out in the backyard and watch my grandma get supper out of the pen. I knew what it was like, and that woman had more courage than any man I've ever met in my life. She'd spy that little chicken, I just won't go any further. <laughs> I grew up on a farm, but man, our, our well water was a little, it was weary. We didn't always have enough. And uh, we, I remember Rosie Kish, man, you'd go over to Rosie's, and she had this big old pump in the backyard. And it, you'd just pump it two or three times and just water start gushing. She'd fill up bucket after bucket after bucket after bucket. That woman had more water. And she, she was just one of the most neatest people because she, she lived in this, this joy, always. She was a little Hungarian woman. She had a little accent. And she'd, oh, how you doing, Ray? It's good to see you, Ray. Her mama, you couldn't understand her at all. She spoke Hungarian completely. She'd look at you and she'd t be telling me off and I had no idea what she was saying. Like, get out of my house or get out of my rose garden. You're stepping on my plants. I would just be like, hi. <laughs> but Rosie, Rosie was precious. She'd get up every morning and she'd look at the picture of Jesus she had. Now, she was a Roman Catholic, but she had never been to a Catholic church inside of it since she was a little girl. So she was just somebody who found Jesus. And she found, found this relationship with him that didn't have all that man-made stuff next to it. Every day she'd get up and she'd say she'd go to the end of her hallway. Angie, you might remember this. She'd go to the end of the hall and she'd take her little hand and she'd kiss Jesus. And she'd look at him and she'd say, good morning, Jesus. She'd say, what are we going to do today? She goes, oh, I just love you, Lord. And thank you for keeping me safe all night long. She goes, we're going to go out today and, Lord, I'm just going to keep on talking to you all day. And she'd talk to him all day. You'd hear her talking to herself out there in the field. And you'd say, Rosie, who are you talking to? I'm just talking to the Lord. <laughs> Precious little lady. Had this joy that was unbelievable. I'm, I'm attempting to challenge your heart this morning into a joy and into a peace and a love that is, that is supposed to be characteristic. It's the very nature of Jesus. You see, Jesus, his nature is one of love and compassion and looking for mercy and goodness. He is a God who of great compassion for people. How many times in the word do you hear of him weeping over people? He looked at Jerusalem and he said, oh Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you like a, your children, like a mother hen does her little chicks, but you would not. How many times when he got the word about Lazarus, it said, Jesus wept. You see over and over again the, the compassion that he had, the way that he, he wanted to, to, to minister to people and love people. This is the nature of Christ. This is what he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's our heart and our mind to be desirous to live in the shadow and to be in the image of Jesus. I'm challenging you this morning to an abundant life. 
He wants you to live meeting every requirement of a sanctified, blood-bought, redeemed child of God. It was Job way back in the Old Testament who all he knew was that God was faithful, who said, you know, of course, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. But I love where he said, though the skin worms destroy this body, yet I know my Redeemer lives. He knew that no matter what he had been through, God was alive, and God was going to take care of him. The power of the Lord, the Holy Spirit at work in the life of the believer causes an energy, causes an excitement to be in us so that we can pray for folks at any given hour of the day. We can live out this Christian experience, and he wants you to have enough. I'm not telling you he wants to make you a billionaire. I'm not telling you that God wants to make you rich. You can get that from some other church. What I'm telling you about, though, is simply this. He wants you to have what you need, and he wants you to have enough because God expects you to give. I love what Marty was saying this morning, but let me just tell you from a pastoral point of view, you better be checking out what God's word says about your giving because I'm telling you, if you've not yet tapped into the giving of tithe and offering and mission, if you've not yet tapped in to the truth of God's word on how that works, you better understand it and you better get searching it out because I'm telling you, you're not living the abundant life. We're not living the abundant life when we have not discovered the truths of God's word. He says your time, your talent, your treasure. He owns it all. He looks at all of us and he says, he's going to look at us and he's going to say, oh yeah, you were there every week. Yeah, you did this and you did that. Boy, you praise you. But what did you give? What did you give? Somebody says, oh, there he goes. He's bringing up that money. You know that's all they care about. Here's what I found to be true. I don't need your money. I found that the church will always, always be blessed and God will take care of the church. He'll have some widow come forward to give her two mites and he'll expand that and use that all the way to the mountain. He'll always take care of his church. It's not about the church, it's about you. It's about your life. You living an abundant life and understanding the power of God at work in your life. As you sow, so shall you. I'll just give that to you. That was free. You don't have to pay for it. Now unto him, I'm going to close right now. Gary, help me. I'll, I'll be quieter, faster. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What God spoke to my heart was simply this, Kirk. He says, I want my people living in the abundant life. And I'm thrilled to be able to give that to you this morning. As a word from the Lord, I said, Lord, surely you want me to preach something else. Surely, Lord, you want me to preach something that, that uh, step on toes. Surely, Lord, you want me to give instruction. Surely you want me to preach something 
Don't move to the left or to the right. Keep your eyes on the prize. Let go of worldly living. Give God the glory. Give him, you, surely, Lord, you want me to instruct the people on Sunday morning. And he said, abundant life. He said, I'm not looking for you to step on their toes this week. Pastor, I'm looking to bless their socks off. God's looking for people who will, some of you are in financial trouble this morning. Some of you are in spiritual trouble. Some of you, you're letting the enemy make you bitter, make you hard on the inside of your heart. You're not the same person you used to be. You're not where you are, where you once were with God. You're suffering spiritually. You're letting everything else around you affect the spirit in you. You're, you're like that well that's, that's just barely trickling. You've got just a little bit of water, a little bit of life left in you. And God is looking at you and loves you enough to send a word to you that says, the enemy steals from you. The enemy is trying to destroy you. He says, but I am come to give you life. He wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your babies, your children. He wants to lift your name, your, your name up out of the, 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 de, the, the degrading um, identity that the enemy has been trying to give you. That's what I'm trying to say. The enemy's been speaking you know, failure over you and has been speaking that you're a loser and that you haven't got anything worth anything. You're hopeless and helpless. And the Lord is trying to give you a new insight into his love and mercy. How many of you know his mercies are new every day? Every single day. He gives you a brand new fresh start every day. You say, well, I've wore, I've wore him out. I've wore the Lord out. Man, I've, I've failed him so many times. That's what's awesome. He don't even look at that. God wants you to know he is about lifting you up out of the mire and the clay. He wants to set your feet on a solid rock, and he wants to bless your socks off. God wants to bless you coming in and bless you going out. He wants to bless your field. He wants to bless your work. He wants to bless your kids. He wants to bring favor over your life so that wherever you go, you've got favor. I, I'm not telling you, like I said, don't get it confused with prosperity gospel. I'm not preaching that. I don't believe in that. But I do believe in a God who will meet every one of my needs. I do believe in a God who wants me to live above my circumstances and wants me to live having every need met in my life. God wants to lead us and guide us into living an abundant life. He wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. He wants to touch you so that you can be a witness, so that you can be a light. I want you to stand with me this morning. Thank you, Lord. It was in Deuteronomy, an Old Testament scripture, that the word came to the children of Israel and said, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. That's Israel. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Oh, yeah. 
Only about four people heard what I said. Overtake you, Bridget. God's looking to bless in your obedience and in your love for him. He wants to overtake you with blessing. Woo. Who's going to receive that this morning? Who's going to accept that this morning? The Lord is trying to overtake you. He wants to overwhelm. That surely goodness and mercy is running up behind you right now. And God says, would you just let me bless you? Would you let me help you? I want you to have joy. I want you to have peace. I want you to have power when you pray. I want you to have an abundant life. God wants that for you. He wants you to live so that you can lay your hand on somebody and pray in the name of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit blessing your life and use you to bring healing. And he wants to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. He wants to use you in blessing others. He wants to use you in anointed teaching. He wants to use you in anointed preaching. He wants to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. He's wanting to bless your life. How do we get it? Last, last word. We go back to our text, our opening scripture. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's it. Believe it. Believe. 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 It takes faith. It takes faith to get in an elevator and go to the 13th floor. Somebody says, well, I don't know how to have faith. I don't know how to believe. You get in your car every day and you got faith. You go to bed at night, shut your eyes and sleep. You got faith. You got faith so much, you, you, you live your life in faith every day. You just got to rest in it. You just got to believe it. And if you'll believe him today, he's calling all of us. He's calling me. I stood at the minister's meeting the other day, and the preacher was preaching, and, and I stood there in the altar, and God took me back to the day I was called. He took me back to my calling as a young man. I remember the night that God wrestled with me, and he said, say yes. And I gave him every excuse in the world why I couldn't do this. And God made his calling on my life so clear, there isn't a human being on the face of this earth could ever take it away from me. Your judgments, your condemnation, whether you like me or don't like me, has nothing to do with God's calling on my life. I know that I know that he called me. He has empowered me. And I sat there in that altar and I looked up and God said, I want you to start living in the calling I've placed on your life. He said, I want you to walk in authority and power because there are devils that have to bow down to, to you as a pastor when you begin to pray in the name of Jesus. When you pray in boldness and you stand, disease has got to go. And all kinds of torments that the enemy tries to bring to the people. He says, I have anointed you. I have called you. Call it out. And I sat there in that altar and I said, Lord, 
I'm going to embrace the abundant life of the calling you've placed on my life. And I'm telling you this morning, you need to embrace the abundant life that God has placed over your life. You need to embrace that this morning and believe it with every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah. Lift your hands this morning. Hallelujah. If you need to live in this abundant life, if you need to trust the Lord for your sustenance and for your joy, for your peace, for the love and the power that you need in your life, if you have been living, barely making it, barely getting by, and you need that overwhelming, gushing, living water to flow again like rivers of living water out of you. If you need that strength and God's calling you out this morning, I want you to step out from where you are. Meet me in the altar as quickly as you can all over the building. Would you come? There is a river. Streams all over the building, if you need that abundant life, if you request that abundant life from God, would you step out from where you are? There's a river. There is a river. Streams whereof make life the city of our God. And I will rejoice. I will rejoice. to you this morning. Lord, we honor you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the promises. The promise that you've given to us that, Lord, not only do we have the reward of eternal life, but, God, you've given us abundant life on our way. That surely goodness and mercy follows after us all the days of our life. 
that, Lord, you've promised to be our sustenance, to be our strength, to be our peace and our joy. Lord, to be the power that we need in our lives, to live victorious as more than conquerors. We honor you today. We bring you our hurts. We bring to you, God, our lack. We bring to you, God, our lack of faith and belief. And ask you, Lord, help thou our unbelief. Help us, Jesus. Strengthen your people. Baptize them afresh and new with the living waters of your joy and love in our lives. We thank you for this today. And we bless your mighty name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a fountain full of grace. It flows from Emmanuel's veins. It came and it healed me. Perhaps you're here and you don't, you don't have the abundant life of Christ in your life. While these continue to pray, I want, I want to pray with you today. If you need Jesus in your life, if you need to make things right between you and the Lord, we want to give you that opportunity right here, right now. So I want you to pray with us. The prayer is simple, but yet it's just words if it doesn't come from your heart. So I'm asking you to search your heart. And if you know he's the son of God, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory, that he died on the cross for you and rose from the dead, then you can accept him into your life today and he can change your life and you can start living an abundant life in Christ. I want to make this possible for you today. So I want us church with you, those that are praying, they continue to pray. But I want you, if you're there, would you help me? Let's pray together with these that perhaps need this prayer to be prayed in their own life today. I don't want you to leave without having the opportunity to pray this prayer with us today. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I know that you are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I accept you today. I make you Lord of my life. Strengthen me. Help me every day to live for you till you come for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lord, we know that you're our keeper. You're the shade on our right hand. We know, God, that you will preserve our going out and our coming in. That, God, you have blessed your people. Lord, we want to live in that blessing. We want to live seeing miracles unfold. Lord, all of my life, I have seen this abundant life. I've seen where miraculously you have given and, and made possible miracles, miracle after miracle that has taken place. I thank you for the, the miracles that 
follow the blessed and abundant life. I pray, God, that you would challenge us to seek out that life, to seek out that living water, Lord, to be full and running over. I pray for that today for every member of this church, every guest of this church, everyone who's here today. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you. For it's in your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. I will rejoice. I will rejoice.